welcome to CigarCast, your weekly one-stop shop for all things cigar-related, including industry news, reviews, and everything in between. We're recording live from Crown Cigars and Ales here in beautiful Brentwood, Tennessee. I'm one of your hosts, Trey Dem, and I'm joined, as I am every week, by Mr. Shane Reeves. What were you burning right before you started the show? You yeah, just, kind of wore you out over there. threw a flaming cigar at me <laughs> right <laughs> as the show begins. <laughs> and uh, what were you finishing? A uh, uh, Charter Oak, Connecticut. Okay, it looked a little dark for that, but it's. It I think it's the, the lack of lighting in this corner. Well, we haven't complained about that in a while. I think it's because it's just now getting dark while we were. Yeah, it's because it's getting dark earlier, and we're starting to notice it a little more. We was playing poker over here in this corner last night, and it was dark. Why on earth were you playing poker in the corner? Uh, because that group of the dudes that think they own the shop on Tuesday nights came rolling in and took one of the tables. Uh. And instead of making Sean's life hard, I just said, "Move it over here, fellas." Made I, I'm always out to make people's life easier, not harder. Right. And all that's if I if I make one person's life easier, I've done better than any Democrat in this country. But yeah, that uh, that Connecticut was putting off a lot of smoke. <laughs> yeah, you you say okay, ready to start the podcast, and it's like you threw a tear gas canister at me. <laughs> but that's what, but the thing is, that's what I love about cigars. I I love it when I have a cigar that puts up huge plumes of smoke. Right. And and that was delivering that today. You feel so, you feel like you're doing something. Yeah, exactly. I hate when I'm having to, especially if it's if it, if the draw's not perfect, and then so you're sitting here just drawing on it with everything you've got, and then barely any smoke comes out. It's like, what am I even doing this for? Oh yeah, yeah. I, I understand completely. I'm I'm with you on it. It just you happen to catch me right between the eyes, right as the mics are getting hot. That's funny. Well, so I'm I'm I'm. Uh, as listeners can hear, I'm coming right off the heels and going straight on to another one. Yeah, which literally, the smoke hadn't settled yet. Yeah, exactly. It still hadn't even gone out in the ashtray yet, and I'm about to light up an Oliva Serie O. Um, you know, I talk a lot on the show about Oliva and how much of a fan I am, but then I don't smoke them all that often. They're incredibly well-priced. The Robusto that I'm smoking tonight is in the $8 range. It's not quite under 8 but it's right around that. Um, something that I find interesting, this cigar, the, the Series O, has such a, a great flavor. It's definitely in that full-flavored category, if just about a medium full in body. Something interesting from their website. The Series O is a Habano Puro, and I, I, I didn't know this. So it's every leaf in the cigar is a Habano seed leaf. But they're grown in different areas, which is apparently kind of the typical Cuban tradition. Right. Is you take the same seed, but you grow it in different areas, and that's where you get your blends. So um, it features tobacco from Esteli, Condega, and Jalapa. Interestingly, the wrapper says Ecuador. But I've also seen this listed as a Nicaraguan Puro. So I'm not entirely sure what's going on here or if they even know. But, um, you know, and we, we put a lot of faith in these websites that we poke up in a matter of moments. This is the Oliva website. You know, like I said, these <laughs> websites that we poke up in a matter of moments, we put a lot of faith in their information that some, some keyboard monkey ain't got it wrong. Yeah. So I, I can understand that. I, I trust my palate over the website. And I'll, or at least over one website. I'll take, a, I'll take an average of two or three websites. But I'd be interested if you went to, like, Cigar.com, what they say it is. Gotcha. So I come in. The, I'm on my way up. This is the way my day goes. 
I'm on my way up there, and I said, I really want to smoke something different tonight, something new, something something outside the box. And I, I'm driving, and I keep thinking, well, maybe I ought to just give something a second chance because nothing new's come into the humidor since Noah had an ark. Um, the Sorry, I'm, <laughs> I, I yelled at Thoner the other day about his humidor not, not being up to snuff. But... Um, so I said, okay, well, I'll, I'll just give something a second try. Then I go in there and I see the new Las Calaveras from Crown Heads. Mm. And I said, am I ready to be disappointed by a cigar tonight? I said, well, that's not the right attitude to smoke on. To try, That's not a fair thing to do to Crown Heads to do that. So I went and picked up an Africa. I'm smoking an Africa tonight. <laughs> <laughs> and, I'll, you know, it's the Don Lino Africa. It's an Ecuadorian Habano wrapper. Fillers, Piloto, Dominicano, Omatepe, Jalapa, Esteli, just just a great cigar. We've I don't really need a cigar that needs no introduction from me. Mm. And uh, I'm probably I'd say I'm conservatively on my fourth box of Africas that I've smoked since they've come out. Yeah, that is a cigar that you have just absolutely latched onto and smoked the tar out of. With the exception of the Don Gonzalez 10th anniversary, this is pro- I've probably smoked more sticks of the Africa than any other cigar. But mm-hmm. I, I definitely smoked more Don Gonzalez 10th anniversaries than any other cigar I've, I've smoked. But the Africa's probably running a close second at this yeah. point. Well, Underground Shade's up there as well. Underground Shade's up there. Yeah, they're in the, the realm, too, of cigars. But let's go to our first article. Right. Let's just start off announcing new cigars. La Galera adds Colasso to Habano and Maduro lines. Do you remember why you should know La Galera? No, I don't. You were supposed to make that last long enough for me to light my cigar. Oh, okay. I, no, because you brought this up before the show. We were, we were going through all of our show prep, and you threw this one at me at the last minute. And I, I, the, the label doesn't look familiar to me. I, the name rings a bell, but I can't place it. It doesn't make... So, so yeah, I, I, I tried to figure out, especially when you mentioned, you're like, oh, good, because you should remember this. Uh, they're not the cigar for, no, that's Principal Cigars that does the Cigar Smoking World Championship. So I don't oh, know. No, yeah. Definitely not that. I wouldn't do that to you. No, this is when I was on my way. This has been well, a year and a half ago when I was on my way to Mobile and I stopped and guessed the cigar guessed how what the cigar blend was uh, that was a la galera and i brought you back one for you to try to guess which you did not but you got close as i as i recall i think you got the filler yeah i got i got all but the wrapper but they're good cigars not carried in a lot of places but eight by 60 that's what i see in this article and i love that 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 is your that is your cigar yeah, that's just right in the realm of where I like to be. An 8 by 60 not so bit, not so big. You don't have to make the cigar a higher ring gauge just because you're making a little longer cigar. Right. And so I'm really happy with that. I guess I should say something about the recipe. Well, I think it's interesting, too. It's coming in eight sizes in the Maduro, and then the Habano is coming out in nine different Vitolas. And I guess we might as well agree that we're going to quit grumbling about fancy names for cigar sizes. Although this I think one, we're getting nowhere. Yeah, I mean, and it is funny. Colosso, I, I get. That one, I'm fine with that. And then they've got the Churchill, and they've got a number one, which is different from other number ones. So that's not really... And then, yeah, they've got the... 
Yeah, the Robusta. It's just funny that they would use standard names for one of them and then and half Corona, half Corona so that they know that these standardized names exist. <laughs> they even used a couple of them. I just think, think that's funny. Yeah, it's like they, they kind of just got halfway and said, okay, we're tired of making up names. Just go with this. Go with the standards. Mm. And all, but it's a Mexican. The Maduro is a Mexican San Andreas wrapper with Dominican Piloto Cubano binder and Dominican Piloto Cubano Criollo '98 filler. Yeah. Could you just not say? Dominic- you get on. You get Dominican on so much about this all the time. You, well, you don't care about where it comes from or what kind of seed it was grown with. Or something, but a lot of people do. Just because. You, there is an adjective doesn't mean you must use the adjective at all. That's but for your discerning, I mean, this is, you know, we compare wine and cigars quite a bit because they are, there are a lot of similarities between the flavors you get out based on the region and the farm and the t- So, I mean, you wouldn't just, well, you probably would just look for a red. But there's a lot to be said for knowing that it's, a, a cab versus a merlot versus a syrah like that it's the same with cigars like i want to know the what the leaf started out with where it was grown that's going to okay but how much are you really gleaning from dominican pelioto cubano um san andreas re, wait hello oh yeah demonta this is the exact phrase dominican cuban or Dominican Pilioto Cuban Biner, Dominican Piloto Cubano and Criollo 98 filler. That's just a lot. Of, I, what's the difference in Criollo 98 and 97? If I put two in front of you and did the Pepsi challenge, could you tell the difference? I, I couldn't, but there are people that can for sure. Uh, and, and it comes from the, you know, most tobacco seeds are clones at this point. You know, they, the farms know what grows well, what do, and so that's what that Criollo 98 is for. So it's the same, and I believe the 98 actually refers to the year. So it's for the last 22 years, they've been growing literally the same plant. Can we make a pact right now? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you to enter into a blood pact. We'll cut ourselves after the show. The first company that comes out as non-GMO cigars, can we ban them from life? <laughs> Can we just say we'll never smoke that again? The first one that comes out and uh, and says we're non-GMO and gluten free and gluten yeah and certified okay. organic yeah yeah I <laughs> yeah, well, I think we can just ban them them well, for life. It, but that's the thing, you know. And this goes and and I don't want to get on my soapbox on this, so I won't. But it's the whole idea with GMO is we've done. He says while climbing on the soapbox. No, no, I'm not. I'm not gonna say. I'm gonna. I'm gonna look at it. I'm gonna set the soapbox out there, but I'm not gonna climb up on it. I just. I hate the the concept of GMO and non-GMO, because we have been selectively breeding every food that we've that we cultivate for the, for hundreds of years. We've we've modified it. <laughs> just oh yeah, we, we've already done it. There is nothing left that is not GMO. And you know, what? I'm proud to be the master of my environment. I'm proud of those that have come before me, that bred out the small-breasted chickens, that bred out the the tougher cuts of ham. I'm I'm proud of those people. I'm proud that that it's been bred into the correct way. Well, we wouldn't be able to sustain a, a global population of seven and a half billion people if it weren't for that. 
I'm glad that we've done, and I think we should take it a step further. I think we should test for steroids in football, and if they don't have them, give it to them. <laughs> I think we should genetically engineer a running back with five legs. We can rebuild him. <laughs> we have the technology. Suckers on the end of his fingers for catching the ball. Let's make the game interesting. I mean, come on. That is something I would like to see. You know, I'm a big Formula One racing fan. But I haven't actually watched in probably four years. And the reason for that is because they stopped being Formula One, in my opinion. They've got turbocharged six-cylinder engines now. There should not be road cars more powerful and with better power-to-weight ratios than the pinnacle of motor racing. I want to see, whether it's football or or some other sport, I want to see an unlimited class. Yeah. I want to see, like... Everything goes. Yeah, you want to use you want to use that sticky stuff to catch the ball. Go for it. You want to juice up on steroids. Go for it. You want to cork your bat with adamantium. Yeah, lay go it for on. It. I want to see an unlimited class I'm, I'm sporting there. event. This is this is our new idea. That's what we're gonna have. I mean, yeah, our receivers die at thirty four, but so what? We're still getting a lot of good games in the meantime. Yeah. But you would be able to pay them because people would watch the crap out of that. Oh, definitely. And all, but New World Redondo gets full release. I'm excited about this. I, my only complaint with the New World Cigar is the box press. And, and I've got to say, it's, you know, I've, I've talked so much about how I'm not a huge box press fan, but I do smoke quite a few box presses. But... Lately, the box press, especially like with that Africa that you're smoking, is a very mild box press. It's just barely box pressed. The New World, I mean, you could use it as a ruler. Those lines are, I mean, that is truly a solid box press. And that's what really kind of, that's my only complaint with them. This one is basically the original New World blend. But in a round shape. And I'm well, tickled to death. I can't wait to get my hands on them. Actually, this is the TAA release that they are going and going ahead and releasing nationwide. So this is the blend that was the TAA release. Which is, is not very different from the original. Uh, well, there's only so much you can do. Well, yeah. But, I mean, I'm just saying, like, the, the two, I can definitely tell I've, I was able to have one of the TAA releases. And you can tell the difference from the original New World, but not enough that it bothers you. You know what I mean? It, it, they're very, very similar. So this does not have, this, I think, is the first time since I've been in cigars that I've seen this happen. Usually the TAA releases are held sacred. They're held to the standard of we're not releasing them if you're not a TAA store, else it defeats the purpose of having a TAA store. Right. So how does this, how do you think this goes over? I think this is, I, I think it, it's tough. I think it's the right thing to do from a manufacturing standpoint. I can see why the retailers are not going to be really thrilled with this. But you had your chance. You got the exclusive relief. You made the money off of it. Now it's time for everybody else. And I, and I think that's perfectly fine if that's the model we want to start seeing across the board, which is the TAA releases are a year and a half, two years, you know, of exclusive exclusivity, and then you open it up to the free but market. I think that destroys the whole program, because at that point, okay, I can, I can wait around. It's kind of like, you know, video on demand in movies. So the only reason to watch a movie 
as inconvenient as they made theaters before the virus was because you wanted to see it sooner than wait for it to come on video. Because I've never been in a movie theater and been as comfortable as I am at my own home. And they could, you can tell me about DHX, surround sound, and all that stuff. All that translates into turned up too loud for me. Yeah, well, I can't relate to that. But, <laughs> <True>. <laughs> but you know, I don't know. I think it kind of weakens the brand. I think it weakens the TAA brand if this happens more than just once in a blue moon. It, it, it may, but I, I still... TAA has made it so expensive to join. And the shops are so exclusive, they're so limited in quantity that do we even have a TAA shop? I think this guy right up here is, right? No, Chattanooga's the nearest TAA shop. Yeah, so I've got to drive two hours to get to the nearest TAA shop? No, I'm not doing it. Yeah, yeah, Chattanooga's our nearest TAA shop. And it is, it's like you said, it's an ordeal to become a TAA distributor. Yeah. And I'm okay with that. Exclusivity does not bother me. That does not bother me to have to want it. It, it doesn't necessarily bother me either, but I also don't fault a, a manufacturer for saying, okay, you're getting exclusive. I mean, because the thing is, this is coming from AJ. This isn't coming from TAA. Now, if TAA comes out and says, this is how we're going to do our model from going forward, then I think, yeah, that hurts their brand. But if the manufacturers want to sit here and go, yeah, you, you had it. Well, and it may not be that. It may be as simple as, okay, hey, we released the new world as a TWA only. We're going to give you a different one now. Yeah. And we're going to let that one go out. I can see I can see them being okay with that. Yeah. And, and also, how do you stop it? Well, you just... You know, t- if you're a TWA... I mean, because, as you mentioned, there's only so many... There's only so much you can do, right? There are only so many different types of leaves and so many places you can grow them. It's it's not like you can say okay once you release this blend with us you can never release it again. How would they know? They're not doing quality control in these factories. Yes, but don't 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 publicize it. Okay. AJ didn't have to publicize. Don't so here's what I'm saying. Don't benefit from the TAA's reputation and not give the TAA their cut. Well, but they did give the TAA their cut. But now they're benefit they're currently benefiting from the reputation and no longer giving them a cut. Yeah, well. That's, that's and the I'm problem. Sure, yeah, but I'm sure that they looked over their TAA contract and saw that that was full full within their rights, and so they did it. Yeah, but missed—so let me get this straight. We're about to have a discussion where you're going to say if it's legal, it's right, and I'm going to say moral, it may be legally right but not morally right. No, what, I'm not even. Do we need to switch sides of the table for this? Do I need to put your headphones on? No. This conversation is usually going the other direction across this— <laughs> This particular Zoom player. Yeah, but this is not a this is not a, a legal versus moral discussion. I, they're, they're both they're both moral discussions. But I think you know they've already. I think they've already. As long as the contract says you're well within your rights, then I don't think there's any moral uh, reason for you to hold back production of a cigar just because you've already released it once. I have this argument. Or I tell people this all the time. It's not really an argument. I tell people this all the time that come to my office drawing plans, getting ready to build a house. I said, don't make a deal with your sub, with the builder's subcontractors that the builder's not in part of. Because what you're trying to do is save the builder's cut, but then you're still going to expect the builder to warranty the house. Right. I said, so you're benefiting from the builder's pricing structure with this sub, 
and not giving them their, their cut. I feel like that's what Alec Bradley or Alex um, AJ AJ is doing to the TAA in this situation. I disagree. Now, I will give you the point that they're talking about the fact that it is the TAA release. And so, yeah, maybe they should just kind of quietly let people know this is the same blend versus yeah, call, like, call oh, it the new way this double alt buck, whatever. Call it something different. But I will say in regards to that, with the TAA releases, oftentimes it's not just the blend, but the size that makes it the, the, the special release. Like, for example, didn't didn't Drew Estate do a special undercrown and the only difference was the shape and size? I think yeah. that's who did it. Yeah. So it doesn't actually um, state whether or not this is going to be the same size and shape as what was the, just that it's the same blend. And if that's the case, then I don't, I don't think there's any issue because then the TAA still does stand alone because you can only get the double perfecto at those shops. This is the same blend, but it's a different size. And I think you're still good. It's splitting hairs, but I'll allow it. Um, Cigar aficionado. Cigars for Warriors begins fundraiser for U.S. troops. So apparently I just, our batteries just died and I committed a cigar faux pas. I dumped the old batteries in the ashtray and Trey looked at me like I had just smacked his goat. Speaking of which cigar faux pas, where did my cigar go? I don't know. What did oh. you do with your cigar? It fell, off, <laughs> it fell off the ashtray and rolled across the table. Oh, okay. You mean like the batteries that I was putting in the ashtray to keep them from rolling? Yeah. Why, what, okay, so this is a great chance because obviously I have violated etiquette in your mind and I need you to defend yourself. Batteries are not supposed to be thrown away. They're supposed to be recycled. Because even though they don't have a charge, they still have caustic chemicals in them that... Were you going to take them home and recycle them? Yeah, Absolutely. Okay, well but now I'll pull, I'll pull plus, out of the ashtray if you want me to. But I, so I didn't. So I so I created plus, uh, plus an ashtray is not a trash can. You know, because we see this in cigar shops all the time. In fact, I don't even like putting the cellophane in the ashtray. The cellophane, you know, ashtray purist. The, the <laughs> you know the band and the ash are the only things, in my opinion, that are allowed to go in an ashtray. Everything else is trash. Put it in the trash can. Okay, now I agree with not sticking your water bottle, your half-eaten kielbasa. I agree with not putting stuff like that in the ashtray. But in a situation where the batteries could have been rolling off the table, I just threw it up there so that they didn't roll off the table and during the show and cause any more disturbance. But now most likely what's going to happen is whoever's working here tonight is probably going to have to fish those out, and they're probably going to put them in the trash. But... But still have to go digging around through the ash. To do you want me to pull them out and shine them up and you'll take them home and no, recycle it, them? I'll it, be happy to do that for you. But again, I, I still think it's, it, yeah, maybe it's a it's an ashtray purism thing. I don't know. Okay. Well, let's go to a break. And when we come back, let's talk about cigars for warriors. I just had to know if I, if I performed a faux pas. And I, I think I'm innocent in these charges. Shane here with this week's Cigar Under 8. This week, I want to talk about one of my go-to cigars, the JFR Lunatic. This has been a favorite of yours for a very long time. It's just, it's a go-to. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be inexpensive, and it's going to work every time. And they make the Jackhammer, which is an 8x60. So just like we were talking earlier in the show about 8x60s, 
This is that size. It's a San Andreas wrapper over Nicaraguan binder and filler, and just an outstanding smoke. Everything JFR does, they do so well. Well, and it's from the Aganorsa farm, which I think has a lot to do with that. Yeah, so just a great cigar, price price budget, um, medium full? Medium full. Medium full, you know you've got a cigar. Yeah. Another, like we talk about, good step-up cigars, mm-hmm. good workout horse cigars. This is a cigar for all seasons. All right. So till next week, try the JFR Lunatic. Welcome back to the Cigar Cast. This is one of your hosts, Shane, sitting across from the man that will be headlighting at his own club this week, Cabba Trey, Mr. Trey Dedman. I like that. And <laughs> oh, I decided to go nice. If I ever, if I ever, well, because we've got Cabaret from yeah. Ray Stevens. So, oh, and hey, if you're not watching the Cabaret show on PBS, you're missing life. What is it? And he actually does his show. He does a show every week from Cabarets, and it's on PBS. I didn't know it was on PBS. Yeah, it's on PBS. Oh, I, I assumed for you, while you were watching some British Cure for Insomnia, you would have come across it. No. I <laughs> I just assume your TV's always on PBS at your house. <laughs> it, uh, not since Downton Abbey went off the air. So, okay, yeah, I'm going to have to check that yeah, out. Oh, it's outstanding. If you're not watching it, you're missing out on life. I actually got to say to my wife the other day, she walked in the living room talking, and I said, you are interrupting the Mississippi Squirrel Revival. You better oh, make that, it good. <laughs> that is one not to be interrupted. Okay, so mi- Mr. Um, English Professor, we'll get back to cigars here in a minute. This is important. Mr. English Professor always... Is there a name for when you do that, when you put two words together that don't really make a real word, you kind of make up a word? It's called a portmanteau. A portmanteau. Which is exactly what the title of our podcast is. A portmanteau. So, cigar, cigar cast. cast. Yeah, sure. That's a, it's called a portmanteau. See, I'm, I'm glad you knew that. I was, I was <laughs> shocked. I was, I was hoping you wouldn't say something like it's a made-up word, because all words are made-up words. At some point, they nobody, all started that way. Nobody's excavating in Belize and come across a new palindrome. It's, all words are made-up words. I do have an issue, and this is, again, we'll get to cigars in a minute. Um, I want to know if there's a word for words like palindrome that, why would you, why would you not, why would the word for palindrome not be a palindrome? That, like, it, yeah, I can understand that. Yeah, you know, and and various words that they're definite, they could very easily have been constructed in such a way that they embodied their own definition, and they don't. I think that was a huge missed opportunity. So it's called a portmanteau. Why is it called a portmanteau? Now that I don't know, but well, I'm guessing it's French in, oh. in origin. We're going we're gonna to have to look that up, because I assume it's somebody made up the word portmanteau that they had, you know, a, a wine, a guy, and a shoe, and made up a word portmanteau, and they said, oh, we'll call this a whole class of words all to themselves. So I was just curious how that works. Cigars for Warriors begins fundraiser for U.S. troops tomorrow. This was on November 10th, so that began actually on the 11th today as we record. Um, Cigars for Warriors, we always talk about what a great organization they are. We always talk about how good the work is. They send cigars to our service people who are in dangerous places or just away from home. And it's never about the cigars. It's more about just knowing somebody's thinking about it. Exactly. And great organization. And I try to, and I, I would challenge everybody, look through your humidor 
And if you've got some stuff that's sitting around that you know there's less than a 50% chance of you ever smoking it, you're just using it to kind of fluff out your humidor, go ahead and scoop those up and run them to your local shop and throw them in the Cigars for Warriors bin. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, last week, we it's funny because this article comes out timely, last week we did that very thing. I had some schizos setting... And they were 770s, and I've kind of got away from the 770 altogether. So I took the skizos and I took some cigars that just had been just filling out my humidor, but I know the chances of me ever getting around to smoking them was pretty slim. And brought a couple of bags of cigars in here and threw in the Cigars Warriors humidor. So everybody take a little time and do that. I think we can, we can get this. We get this fundraiser underway for them pretty quick. This is just a quick PSA. And on the Storm Bowen that runs, it's a great guy. What's hurt them this year is the amount of canceled events because the barn smokers are always fundraisers for Cigars for Warriors. And everybody brings cigars and donates them at the barn smokers. And with all that stuff being canceled, that's why they're running so low on their inventory of cigars to be able to be sent out. So tell me about your Oliva. It's good. It's it's rolled a little tight for my taste, but I'm smoking it rather quickly, so it may be as much my fault as it is the cigars. Um, interesting enough, so portmanteau also means a large traveling suitcase, and it comes from the French port, which is to carry, and manteau, which is mantle or cloak. So it is, in fact, its own portmanteau. See, okay, I'm on board. I'm all for it. Now I know for the rest of my life that that's what it is, or at least till the podcast ends. Right. And uh, But it is, it is interesting how you make up those songs. But I do want to go to Cabaret because, so for years, on 16th Avenue in Mash- Nashville, there's set a giant bronze camel. And uh, outside Ray Stevens' studio was Clyde. Right. And Clyde was a fixture of Nashville. Well, if you go down that way, Clyde's not there no more. Right. Clyde's got to be at Cabaret. I'm sure. I can't imagine that he didn't that he didn't take Clyde to Cabarets. I actually ha- we need to we need to make a night of it. We need to get out to Cabaret at some point because I since they started building it, I've I've wanted to go take in a show there. I actually had to introduce my wife to Ray Stevens. Poor child, she led I such know. a sheltered life. Well, that's very true for a number of reasons, <laughs> but but none the least of which is how can okay. you make it to thirty some odd years old and not hear the Mississippi Squirrel Revival I was saying, or what the streak? You, what did you start her out with? Mississippi Squirrel Revival. Mississippi Squirrel. That's uh, considering her upbringing. That's probably fairly a uh, that's probably fairly hits close yep. to home. And then the streak. Then the, so okay, the streak and it's me again, Margaret are my least favorite songs of his, even though they're the most famous. It's it's me again, Margaret is is one of my least favorites as well. Um, and it, didn't he he had one? Was it Surfing USSR? Was that his? No, he um, had one about the USSR. Yeah, he he had something like that. But I did his best album was he thinks he's Ray Stevens, right? And all because you had Eric the Awful, you had Ahab the Arab, you had all of the greats. On that album, so if you're if you're looking to get into Ray Stevens, if you've led a sheltered life, and you need to get to know Ray Stevens, go for the album. He thinks he's Ray Stevens. And uh, okay, well enough Ray Stevens talk. We'll go on to Hurricane Ada. Hurricane Ada spares tobacco in Central America. So this was big talk in the cigar industry last week. Yeah, I've heard. Uh, I've gotten many many questions from people who say, you know kind of how was it affected were they affected 
Um, so this is great information in case anybody's been curious about what's happening down in Nicaragua. Because uh, Hurricane Eta was a Category 4 when it hit and made landfall. And it quickly reduced to a tropical depression, um, which is now barreling down on Florida and pretty much the whole Gulf. My folks are down there right now um, preparing for it. To, so it's been... It's been a slow-moving storm, and it's been out there for a couple of weeks now. Hey, fellas, we got six guys. We're going to the cigar shop. Hey, let's sit over there by those guys with microphones and see how much noise we can make. Yeah, well, <laughs> I, I love the. I, I wish I. I wish I could live like they do. I know. I just wish no I could. No regard for your fellow man. So your totally oblivious to the world around them that they could just do that. I wish I had that. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not mad at them. I'm envious of them. I'm envious of that kind of blissful ignorance <laughs> that they must possess. Um, anyway, so basically, Ada didn't do any damage to the tobacco crop. It was a good piece of the planning cycle when that came in. Yeah, so only a, only a small portion of the total crop for the year had been planted yet. Uh, very, very early in the planting season. Um, some reports are about 4% of damage to what was in the ground, which is, I mean, I'm sure you lose more to moles and voles and things like that. Bow weevils. <laughs> sure. I don't know. Is there a South American bow weevil? Uh, th- there may be. It's got to be the size of a dinner plate. If there is. <laughs> it just seems like everything in South America has that. Interestingly <laughs> enough, it's really strange when you look at species native to the Southern Hemisphere, they tend to be smaller than their north northern hemisphere counterparts. I find that so interesting. Well, it's a mass thing, you know. When it comes to getting cold, mass matters. Yeah, as but there's the same. But the climates exist pretty much similarly, top to bottom. I don't know. Very interesting. But anyway, so not a lot of damage to the tobacco crop. Hurricane Ada spared tobacco, which tobacco is not grown near the ocean. Right. That's why we don't have many hurricanes damage. Tobacco doesn't like salt spray. So it's generally inland further enough that this is not a big issue. Right. It just became, uh, they, they were spared from the storm surge and didn't have to worry really about anything but just heavier than usual rainfall. El Artista adds limited edition humidors. This is from Half Wheel. All right. Now, I like this article. Um, the big poppy one don't do nothing for me. Yeah, I get that. You're not really a baseball guy. But the Buffalo 10, I like. I like the blue buffalo. I like the way they have the class. It looks like it would hold Buffalo 10 cigars because it's very unassuming. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they need to make a humidor that holds humidors. You know, like a rack that has its own humidification system, and you just plug into the back of humidors so that you could have, like, 20 really cool humidors Forming the shape of one big humidor. I, I see what you mean. That that would kind of like a in a similar vein to what the lockers are in a cigar shop, but modular, so you could plug and play different. Exactly. Um, kind of think like um, you know the big data racks they used right. to have in or Lego. You know, yeah, and I was, they they need something like that. That's, I I think that's our next idea. Right. After the uh, what was the other thing we were going to do? Oh, the the. The un- unrestricted sports league. Right. Then we'll go to the modular. The modular. We'll probably order to do the modular humidor thing first. We're going to get less backlash off the modular okay. humid- humidor And then we'll thing. use the profits from that to roll into the sporting. Right, to the mutant sports league. Okay. 
and all. I'm all for that because that's the thing. Every week we sit, and maybe I'm the only one. Am I the only one that has this problem? I'd be interested if listeners let me know on Facebook. You know, I love the artistry of humidors. You come across so many beautiful ones, and I let so many beautiful ones walk by me at yard sales. Because I don't need one. Right, because I've got a cabinet that keeps my cigars, so I can't. So we need just a rack. I need to get mad on this. I need a really nice rack that they fit into, and you just drill. Just you got a humidification system in the bottom. You drill a little hole in the bottom and stick a hose in there so that you don't have to service twenty humidors. Right. But you could have a five hundred stick humidor yeah. in the I, same space as my cabinet, and they would all be cool different humidors. I think it's brilliant. I really do. But the Buffalo 10 one's very nice. These are going to be launching. Um, the Buffalo 10 is $150, and the David Ortiz version's $190 because they got to pay David Ortiz. Um, I, you know, I know you're not a fan. I, I had the David Ortiz cigar. It, I didn't like it as much as I liked the, the Buffalo 10, although I was really impressed with everything I've had from El Artista. I do like the the artistry of that humidor. I know it's not your style necessarily, but the actual artistic skill that went into developing and designing it, uh, I really, really like. Well, if you happen to have that buddy that's a big fan of baseball and a big fan of cigars, this is probably a pretty good way to drop 200 bucks around Christmas. Yeah, yeah. and 190's not bad. But for crying out loud, don't build your own humidor. So this is from ABC News. I seen this this morning, and I couldn't resist because I said, seen homemade cigar humidor re- resembling pipe bomb alarms authorities at major airport. So I have two big issues with this. Number one, is, is, is a, a piece of PVC pipe with two end caps something that you have just laying around your house at all times? And, and, and was there nothing else you thought, hey, I can store my cigars in that? Well, okay, I have one of the Avo um, humidors. It's got a Bluetooth speaker in it. Mm-hmm. I, in my luggage, I can see that being looking like a pipe bomb. So it don't fly with me. I don't put it in the case when I'm going to fly. In the event I'm going to carry my cigars, I carry my cigars in a nice, we talked about it two weeks ago, a yeah. nice Zycar case, a nice you know, cigar caddy case, something that seals up well. And I always put them in my checked luggage. I never put them in my carry-on. Yeah, I do the same. I always put them in my checked luggage, um, because, mostly because then I can put it in something rigid within a bunch of clothes so I know they're protected, whereas my carry-on is, is going to be getting banged in through on the conveyor belts and all that stuff. My other issue with this, and I know this is probably the biggest exception you take as well, the only contents was a half-smoked cigar. Okay. So either, so this... And they're, they're calling it a half-smoked cigar. I should point out, it's only two inches long. Right. So it's a mostly smoked cigar. It, it's a nub. Yeah. Yeah, at this point, it's a mostly smoked cigar. And you can go to abcnews.com and look at this article. So there's only two ways this could have went. And we're going to have to refer to the physical evidence to decide which way it went. Either this guy has took this in and out of 20 airports and pulled this gig before. No, I guarantee you that's not what happened. Hang on. I'm, I'm I'm giving my verdict right now. Either that's the case or... This guy was smoking a cigar that was so good, 
he went in the bathroom and MacGyvered up a way to tote it onto the airplane with him. Well, see, and that's the other thing is I'm looking at this photo, and the end of it looks chewed up. There's burn marks on the outside or rust spots or something. It's pitted. It's dirty. I mean, this doesn't look like somebody like it was designed bespoke for this purpose. It looks like he cut the pipe off the bottom of the kitchen sink and decided to carry his cigar in that. What I think happened is this is this guy's first cigar. And he was smoking it with somebody who's only smoked about a dozen cigars. And they said, oh, yeah, if you can't finish it in one sitting, just clip the end off of it that was lit, and you can light it up again later. And so his thought was, okay, well, I have to carry it in something. And he just roamed around in his... In Into the, the airport bathroom. <laughs> Apparently. Found I a mean, friendly janitor that happened yeah. to have a couple of pipe caps. No, I think, I really do think that what has happened here is he's done this a number of times because the wear and tear on this. If this was the first time he had done this, this would have had no wear and tear, unless, like you said, he ripped it out of the wall in the men's room. Or it was just laying around in a shed. You know, my grandfather had crap like this laying around all over the place, in the barn, you know, in his wood shop. In his, he had tons of where you would find little bits and pieces strewn about. Even even my dad has has PVC pipe from left over from when he built know, a pipe bomb. From when he <laughs> um, redid the irrigation to his, you know. So this stuff kind of lays around and accumulates from old projects and stuff. So I could see that this has been sitting out beside his house, you know, it, beside the shed, and it's just kind of. I think the wear and tear that you're seeing is just from age, but age sitting out in a pile doing nothing more so than than usage. Okay, well I can I can almost buy that, but I, but you know, okay, he got caught at LaGuardia, which arguably is the worst airport for airport security in this country. Everybody that flies will tell you that. I hate LaGuardia. Everybody that flies tells you whatever you do. It's not try as bad as Miami, but it's pretty close. Well, it's, try to avoid LaGuardia. Yeah. And uh, so he could have, uh, you know, he could have slipped on to the, and maybe it's one of those things that he always put it in his um, checked luggage and then eventually put it in carry-on. But now he also got caught carrying two butane lighters. And I think that's what did him in. I honestly do. Because the butane torch lighters we know are on the no-fly list. You cannot take those on an airplane. For good reason. For a very good reason. They, it's, a, it's an accelerant under pressure. Right. It could explode when, yeah. the, when the air pressure changes. You know, when I go on cruise, I'd never carry a lighter if I'm flying. I buy a lighter when I land, and when I leave the cruise ship, I just leave it in the drawer for the next guy. Yeah. And I'll bet we should have a rental. This is another one. Yeah. We're full of great ideas. A rental lighter program. A rental lighter. I like it. And uh, every airport has a hub where you can rent a nice butane lighter to keep for the weekend. But I do think that, that without the, the torch lighters... This guy's okay. And this is why, because we were talking about this, and you said that he gets Dumbass of the Year award for this. And, I, and I'm and i not sure I agree with that. Now, for the lighters, absolutely. Just be, because something looks like a problem doesn't mean it is. So, yes, this looks like a pipe bomb. Sure, and they just pop the cap on it. Yeah, once you decide, once you open it up, and learn that it's not a pipe bomb, let him keep it. 
Okay, but now if the lighters were in there with the cigar, at that point it is a pipe bomb. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> I um, mean, at that point it legitimately is a pipe bomb. And that's why I say, like, without the lighters, the lighter's definitely a problem. If he hadn't had that with him, I, I don't see what, there's any reason why they confiscate from the Just because something looks bad doesn't mean it's against the law. This is the same thing that happened with that kid uh, about six years ago that took a homemade clock to school. And he was uh, really proud of it. He went to show his teacher, and it was... It was wrapped around two sticks of dynamite like a car Acme cartoon. It, 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 the whole thing. He got expelled from school because it looked like a bomb. No, it was a homemade clock. This is a guy who's trying... Just because something looks bad, once you determine that there's no issue, it's it's not illegal to carry PVC on an airplane. Well, it comes down to you do you know these people get into the letter of the law so much that they forget the spirit. Right. And all uh, the letter of the law is you can't bring that to school, and we can't you know. But uh, and I'm not a slippery slope guy. I'm right. not a big okay. This this slides into this slides into this. I'm not that guy either. But it's, you know, it's the same thing. Like, you know, you can't bring this in the airport because someone might think it's a pipe bomb. Well, it's not a pipe bomb. So who the F cares? It's the same thing. It's like, well, I'm not going to go. I'm not going to go out on a business lunch with this person because they're opposite gender and people are going to think. Well, it's not. So who cares? Well, I, I can understand. I'm with you on it. I'm all in favor of people using more common sense. Anything that enables people to use more common sense. I'm always going to be in favor in coming to the end of the show, but I do want to hit the sampler packs. Yeah, I don't think there's a lot of legs under this one, but what's your opinion of sampler packs? I'm not a huge fan, um, just because in my experience, you know, we've talked about cigar of the month clubs, and my issue with samplers is usually about the same, which is in a five pack, if they're not the same cigar, I'm going to have two that I like, one that I really like, and two that I really just don't ever want to smoke. Right, that you, would ne- you wouldn't smoke on a bit. Right. And it always happens that way. And so you pay a reduced sticker price, but when you consider what you're actually going to smoke out of it, you end up paying more for it. Well, and you know, the argument in the article, I didn't even tag the article, so the argument in the article is... That you can buy these sampler packs, and it gives you the opportunity to try different cigars you normally wouldn't try. Well, cigars are sold by the stick. If you want to try a cigar, (laughs) go pick it up and try a cigar. Now, I I will say to that point, if you happen to be the kind of person who does not live close to a brick-and-mortar humidor, absolutely. I I can see how if you're just trying to get into it and you don't have access to single-stick purchasing... By all means, go ahead. But for the majority of us who can walk into a brick and mortar and grab one at a time, just do that. Right. And, you know, the sampler packs, you know, Perdomo kind of is the most prevalent of these sampler packs. And Perdomo, I give Perdomo a pass because Perdomo don't make a bad cigar. Mm-hmm. I mean, they make some cigars that are better than others. Right. They don't make a great cigar, as we've established. But they make a lot of good cigars. You, you, with all confidence, grab a Perdomo and know you could smoke everything in that pack. Absolutely. And I will, I will further say that I'm actually going to put all manufacturer samplers, retail samplers like that, I'm going to give all of those a pass. Because it, if you're talking about one manufacturer across their line, 
you know that you're not getting five full-bodied cigars or five Connecticut's. You know that you're getting five of what this company does best. So I'm okay with those. It's the ones from the online manufacturers that, or online retailers, rather, that grab five cigars that aren't selling and they bundle them together, discount them, and sell them to you. Well, there's a reason that they're sitting on them. Right, there's a reason they're not selling. Yeah. So, yeah, the sampler pack, just as long as it's treated with, with due caution, it's probably worthwhile. Mm-hmm. So tell me about the Serio. You know, it's, it's got a little bit, it's got a lot more coffee flavor than I remembered from it. And I wonder if that's from the giant cup of coffee that I just drank. Probably from the 20-ounce crowned heads tumbler of coffee you got in front of you. 32 ounces. But I I finished my coffee before we got to the half of the show, and I'm still getting that flavor off of it, which I think is is really quite cool. Um, Again, I don't know if it's just that my palate has that flavor on it and it's highlighting that, in which case that's great marks in, in terms of talking about pairing capabilities with this cigar. That's awesome. So I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it about a five. Well, the Africa's still a seven. Right. As many as I've smoked, it's not gotten any worse. It's only getting better. It's still a seven. I'm still smoking the Timbo. I still keep a box of them. If I'm out of Africa's, I consider myself out of cigars. Mm-hmm. And just always a great cigar. I mean, there's really it was the perfect cigar for what I wanted to do tonight. That's awesome. That, that's that's what you. That's all you can ask for a cigar. And uh, how do they get a hold of us, Trey? You can reach us uh, via email at info at cigarcast.com. We are on facebook.com slash the cigarcast and Instagram and Twitter at the cigarcast. Well, thank you everybody for listening this week. Until next week, have a great cigar and think well of us.